Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Monday morning, April the 11th, 2022, and this is Tucson's only local morning sports talk show right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thank you for tuning in on this uh, beautiful Tucson Monday here in uh, uh, the beautiful state of Arizona, and we have a a two-hour show for you today full of of well, lots of lots of football talk. We'll obviously be talking some of the uh, the Masters a little bit. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch much of it. Unfortunately, it was a really busy weekend. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, Scotty Scheffler capping off his uh, his weekend. I mean, he he was off to a a, a torrid start. I mean, Friday the five stroke lead, Saturday the three stroke lead, and. It got erased pretty early on Sunday, but he was able to regather himself, bump it up back to a three-stroke lead, and was able to cruise on to the finish line, beating out uh, Rory McIlroy for the uh, for the green jacket over the weekend in Augusta. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that coming up later on in the in the show. NBA playoffs have been set. the The play-in tournament is scheduled and ready to go. We know where all the teams are seated essentially now. It's just waiting to see who's going to play who. Uh, because you know, there's the, the play-in tournament. You have the, the four teams that are going to be playing. I, again, it's not, it's not a tournament that I. I mean, it's not something that I'm excited about. I guess, per, you know, so to speak. The you know, I think mainly because eight seeds so rarely do well in the NBA postseason. I mean, it's uh, what has it been once in the NBA's history where an eight seed played in the finals? Then that was the Knicks in the the, the, the strike-shortened season. So, you know, it's like uh, eight seeds are, you know, have have never really mattered in the NBA playoffs, and I don't think they're going to matter this year. As interesting as the story is are the uh, L.A. Clippers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, I, don't, I don't see them making, you know, too many waves. Now, the seven seeds, those are interesting. Um, you know, you've got the Brooklyn Nets over there in uh, in the Eastern Conference, that's an interesting seven seed, and you got Minnesota, who was forty six wins this year, which is quite a bit. Uh, I mean, that's a good record, forty six and thirty six for the T Wolves. So, um, I think the seven seeds are, are kind of the interesting stories here. Your nine and your ten seeds. Uh, I mean, the Hawks and the Hornets. The Hawks were a team that, that underwhelmed all year long. They had some injuries, uh, but also they just you know Trey Young wasn't nearly as effective at leading the floor this year as he was in the previous year. And then in the Western Conference, you got two teams with losing records. One of them with a, a team that's 14 games under 500 in the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, so you got the Pels, uh, the Pelicans, and the Spurs in the 9-10 matchup. I, look, I don't like the playing tournament. I think it's silly. There's no reason to me to have the nines and the tens playing in a, a single elimination, and then having the sevens and eights playing in a double elimination. I, you know, it's whatever. Like they make it so difficult for the nines and the tens to advance. I don't even know why you would even bother with it. I, I, it's, I know some. some <clears throat> pardon me. <clears throat> Sorry, now I'm still dealing with this stuff. Uh, <laughs> this this sickness that, that took me for two weeks. Uh, I I know that people 
you know, they want more playoff basketball. They want more postseason, you know, action in whatever sport. But I don't know. I'm just not. I'm not a fan of it. Let's just let's just get down to it, please. Let's just have the eights versus the ones, the sevens versus the twos, so on and so forth. And let's let's just get it on. I'm tired of this lead up. I mean, the, the NBA season is already too long. We know that because players are constantly taking multiple games off. You know for. Uh, you know, for rest and, you know, all these other things, and you can write them up as an injury if you want, but it's not, we all know what, you know, what the reality of it is. The NBA season's too long, and it's, you know, it takes its toll. I think I think all of the seasons, except for the NFL, are too long. I think baseball's too long, I think the NHL's too long, and I think the NBA's too long. There's too many games. Uh, but, you know, when the owners are they're making the money that they're, that they're making and expected to make, then there's not going to be a shortage in games. Uh, but these playing games are kind of ridiculous, in my opinion. But nonetheless, the uh, the tournament will begin, and uh, we're going to have some playoff basketball going on. So I'm I'm excited about that. I mean, I like the fact that there's going to be you know basketball played. You know, we've got the games starting tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah, Tuesday they start tomorrow. TNT is going to have the Tuesday night games. The first game of the uh, of the postseason is going to be the Cavaliers and the Nets, and then the Clippers and the Minnesota Timberwolves. So it's the, the 7-8 game and then the 9-10 game on uh, on Wednesday. The 9-10s are going to play on Wednesday. And then the winners and losers will face uh, uh, on uh, on Friday to determine who is the uh, the 8 seed. So <clears throat> Because the winner of the 7-8 moves up to the 7 seed, and then the winner of the play-in bracket at the end of there gets the 8 seed. Whatever. They're going to get the chance to play the Phoenix Suns, who far and away the best team in the NBA this year. They lost last night. Who cares? 64 wins this season, a new franchise record. Eight more wins than any other team in the NBA this year. They cruised to the, the best record in, in basketball. Um, and we'll talk, about, uh, we'll talk about the NBA playoffs coming up. I'll have some, some predictions and such for you. And I'll look ahead at some of the things that, uh, to, to expect from the NBA playoffs this year. Uh, obviously, we'll be talking about the Arizona spring game that was played on Saturday at Arizona Stadium. I have a lot of comments and notes from there because uh, watching from my perch through my binoculars was able to uh, see a lot of things. I was able to kind of zero in on things, especially since uh, they turned my microphone off in uh, the second half. <laughs> I mean, it's, you got, I mean, you got the DJ going on and stuff. Nobody needs to hear me talking about the plays. So we just turned it off, and I just got to sit and watch and enjoy the game for once, So, which uh, which is rare for me. I don't get a chance to sit and watch home games anymore. I have to work. Um, so it was nice to just sit and watch the entire second half and uh, look, you know, specifically look at players and things that were going on. And I have a, I have, uh, I have a page and a half of notes here this morning that uh, <laughs> we're going to go over that we may not get to uh, by the end, of the, the, uh, the end of the show today, but by golly, we're going to try. Sad news over the weekend, and even sadder was the reactions of some of the people in our business to you know, essentially making their first statements about the passing of Dwayne Haskins, 24-year-old quarterback. You know, look, we all we all know who Dwayne Haskins. If you, you know, if you follow the NFL, you know who Dwayne Haskins is. You know that he came in with quite a bit of hype coming out of of Ohio State, had yet to realize you know the dream that was being a starting quarterback a uh a, you know an all pro caliber quarterback which i'm sure was his dream um you know he gave an interview with Laura Oakman not too long ago it was just a few weeks ago um a remarkable interview done by Laura on 
you know, on how he's turning his life around. And it was more about Dwayne Haskins not turning his life around. I'm not saying, you know, I need to get, you know, <clears throat> to get my mind right. I mean, it, it was that, but it wasn't like he was in any kind of bad, uh, you know, trouble or anything like that. He just, he admitted that he worries too much about what people think of him, that he was constantly trying to to measure himself to, you know, to other people and trying to put out, an, a, a, you know, a good impression to everyone and worried so much about what people thought of him that he started to lose himself and he wanted to get back because he loves playing the game of football. He just wanted to get back to the basics, which he was in the process of doing. Now, I, I, I don't know what you know, mindset he was in Unfortunately, you know, jogging on a highway at seven o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning uh, on a busy highway in Florida, but nonetheless, he um, he was struck by a vehicle and was killed. Very very tragic news on uh, on Saturday when uh, when we woke up to to find that out. But I think uh, the worst part of it all was the statements, the reactions made by some of the people in our business. I mean, Adam Schefter. I don't. I don't have the tweet in front of me. It got. It got deleted pretty quickly, and rightfully so. I mean, it shouldn't have. Even, you shouldn't even hit send on something like that. But you know, he basically said. You know, uh, reports out of Florida is that Dwayne Haskins has died uh, in a in a vehicle accident, one vehicle accident or whatever. Um, and then he said Dwayne Haskins, who bounced around from team to team, and you know, never was able to, you know, live up to his hype or whatever. I mean. The guy just the guy just died for God's sakes! Like we're gonna sit there and and trounce on him and trounce on his career and you know guys like Gil Brandt you know and, and Gil's been doing this a long long time and Gil Brandt has a radio show uh, on Saturday mornings and on his radio show he went off on Dwayne Haskins basically saying you know things like uh, this is not a I mean. I mean, I'm, and I'm paraphrasing here, basically saying things like, "It's I'm not surprised. He was always a me guy. Um, you know, it was always about Dwayne. It was never about anything else. And, I mean, just trouncing on the poor man. And I, I just, this I, I don't know if this is what we're becoming as a society where we just don't have any compassion for anyone. It's, it's extremely disturbing, to be honest with you. Like, I was like, <laughs> is this really how we're going to, report the news uh, of, of this 24-year-old's passing is talk about how his career has been a shame and how he sucked as a quarterback and how he was a selfish individual. I mean, is this how we're really going to talk about this poor man? I mean, I just, God, it drives me nuts. <laughs> you wonder, like, is this the road that we're going down? And it, it's just, it's that was extremely saddening to me that so many people, I mean, you go on Twitter and it was just, a deluge of people crapping on the guy. I'm, I, there's a time and a place for that, and it certainly wasn't moments after we found out that he died on a, you know on the on the side of the road after he'd getting struck by a dump truck. I mean, it's just let let's have some freaking compassion. You know, I mean, someday that could be you, and the last thing you're going to want is people, you know, raking all over your grave and talking about what a you know what an idiot you were and all this other stuff I mean that's just it's saddening but nonetheless uh a very very you know ultimately the sadness is that uh, the Dwayne Haskins 
will uh you know is no longer with us and uh it's just very unfortunate and you know maybe we'll get some information about some things that happened uh, the night before maybe he was having some issues um you know obviously based on the interview that he gave with Laura Oakman he he had some some mental struggles he had some emotional struggles he was dealing with a lot of peer pressure and the the feeling that he needed to uh, I, I guess uh, you know assert himself or or you know make himself known you know is, and and back up what other people were saying about him instead of just being himself and he was trying to get that way but you know again maybe something set him off the night before and he went off for you know a, a long walk and was tired and or under the influence of alcohol or something I don't know I mean I'm you know I'm not trying to like speculate here I just you know we're, we're wondering why he was out there at the time that he was at the place that he was just like walking or jogging along the side of a busy, busy highway in Florida. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll have, you know, we get more news. Obviously, you'll hear that, and we'll report that here for you if uh, if necessary. Lots of other things going on in the world of sports, but uh, the, the Arizona spring game was Saturday, and uh, we'll have plenty of that for you. Also, Arizona hosted uh, Washington State. We talked about it before the before the weekend, talked about it on Friday how, you know, Arizona number one team, in the Pac-12, hosting the last place team in the Pac-12, and of course, they lose the first two games of the home game three three uh, home game stand against Wazoo. Uh, Friday game was they just got trounced. I mean, it was well eleven to five, I think, was the final in that game. And you know, they hit the grand slam in the first inning. They're up four nothing, and you're like, this is going to be great. And then <laughs> the bats went silent. Uh, the the defense went to hell in a handbasket once again. And next thing you know, Washington State is plating double-digit runs against you in your stadium, and uh, and then they did you know they turn around they lose again Saturday, so they you know they were down three in a row essentially they lose the midweek game to Arizona State, then come home lose two games to the last place team in the conference, finally able to salvage the win yesterday they get the afternoon win uh, at High Corbett yesterday to the uh, to the Wildcats, but here's the thing and I know I know people are you know, disappointed or whatever have you. Um, they're still in first place. They still have the best record in the conference. They're still, you know, they're still going to be competing for the conference title. It's, it's not over. Uh, we know what the issues with this team are. I mean, it's, you know, they're, they are, I mean, obviously defensively and things like that, but I think it's just, you know, there's there's a lot of young players on this team, a lot of new guys that just need to kind of focus a little bit better. I mean, honestly, I just, I just think it's it's all about personal focus. Baseball is a mentally grueling game on on the players, on the coaches. It is a very very difficult game between the years to 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 excel at, to be really really good at, and to be successful in winning consistently. You have to have the most lasered of mental focus. Uh, about you, and if you lose that focus for one second, which is, I think, is kind of what we saw on Friday, where uh, you know, if you if you lose it for just one second, I mean, you can get steamrolled, and it, it's hard to get it back. You know, once you once you've lost it, it's hard to get it back. I mean, we see it all the time in spring training, where you, you know they have that rule where a pitcher can go out there and he can do his thing, and if he gets shelled, he can get pulled from that inning and then restart the next inning, because. Managers want to see, you know, you can't just leave a guy out there just to get destroyed, right? I mean, you give up five runs, you give up a few walks, you have a home run, whatever have you. 
the the manager will pull the pitcher. But then, look, get your mind right. Sit, you know, sit on the bench. You know, f- get your focus right, and we'll get you back out there. And I've seen it so many times uh, in spring training where a pitcher will get completely shelled for an inning. The manager will pull him. He'll go back out there the next inning. I'm like, oh boy, here comes this guy again, and it's much better. The results are better, and that just shows you just how important it is to be focused. And I, I think for this Arizona team, as talented as they are, it, it's it's difficult to get kids to focus. It really is. I mean, you guys are you know listeners out there, our parents. I'm sure that you have kids, whether they're age you know two, three, four, you know twelve, thirteen, fourteen, twenty two, twenty three, twenty four. Uh, what is trying to get? What it's like to try to get the young people to uh, to focus on anything for a considerable amount of time is is difficult. So I can only imagine what it's like for you know coaching staffs and things like that. But Chip Hale certainly has a a, a talented team, and he knows where the problems lie. It's just up to the individuals now to take it upon themselves to be better. And really, that's what that's what sports is all about. And you improve. And you, uh, you 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 move on, and this team is good enough to win the conference. And you know, thanks to I saw something from uh, from Javier Morales this morning about where Arizona's standing is right now. Essentially, midway through the conference schedule, this is the best record that they've had this at this point in the schedule since 2012. And we all know what happened in 2012. So uh, again. Those are apples and oranges. Those are two totally different teams. And that 2012 team caught lightning in a bottle. And they're still the only team to ever go undefeated in the College World Series. So, you know, that's that's a different kind of situation altogether. But, nonetheless, I, I know that there was some doom and gloom this weekend. I was talking to some people in Tucson uh, on, on Saturday at the game. And they're like, oh, the baseball team's blowing it. You know, like, it's just, it's early, man. Settle down. It's okay. We'll... This team is going to be fine. They're talented enough. We know that, and they've already shown that they can, you know, they can muscle up for you know a three-game stand and beat one of the best teams in the country, let alone in the conference. So, uh, give them some time to to you know to refocus here. Every team goes through the losing streaks, except unless you're this year's Tennessee team, who's lost one game all year. Uh, everybody goes through you know the the ups and downs of a, of a baseball season. Arizona is no different. So I'm um, looking forward to them. They they uh, are going to host New Mexico State tomorrow night at High Corbett Field. Get on out there. The weather's going to be great. And uh, go check out your Wildcat baseball team taking on New Mexico State last uh, tomorrow night at the uh, at at the high seat at the juice box as they like to call it. Go yard all summer long with $5 Dinger Tuesdays on FanDuel Sportsbook. This season, all customers will get $5 for every home run hit by both teams when you place a $25 to uh, on one of those to hit a home run wagers on Tuesday's Major League Baseball game. So you look at the slate of games, pick a game, okay? You throw 25 bucks on one player to hit a home run in that game. If you don't win, you're still going to get $5 for every home run hit in the game. So, like, tomorrow night, the Blue Jays and the Yankees, because there's monster hitters on both sides, uh, ton, you know, in, on both, in both lineups, you've got Aaron Judge, obviously, you know, whatever is going on with him and, and the Yankees right now. But you got John Carlos Stanton, Josh Donaldson. On the Blue Jays side, you got George Springer, Matt Chapman, Vlad. Uh, you know, if your pick doesn't click, uh, then that's fine. You still get 5 bucks for every round tripper in that game. 
So what are you waiting for? Pick up your home run hitter and turn big swings into big wins, and there's no better place to do that than on America's number one sports book with America's favorite pastime, baseball, over at FanDuel Sportsbook. So head over to FanDuel, uh, your account, whether you're a, a current user or a new user. If you're a new user, sign up using my promo code, Dean, because that will give you access to certain other perks and promos as well. But use my promo code, Dean, that's D-E-A-N, when you sign up today. 21 and over in President Arizona. Bonus is issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Expires in seven days. Max bonus $25. Restrictions apply. See full term at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. Coming up next, my takeaways from the Arizona spring game. What I saw from players on both sides of the ball and a, a little bit, you know, a newer look at some of the new guys that we have in the, uh, in the program. That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, so a couple of things of note that we found out before the game, shortly before the game, number one, was that quarterback Will Plummer had decided to go ahead and have shoulder surgery on his throwing arm after uh, working through the spring. It was determined by Plummer, the doctors, the staff at, uh, at Arizona Football, and, of course, his family, that he should go ahead and have shoulder surgery to repair the damage that was done probably earlier than just the Cal game. That's the game where it kind of became very apparent that he was injured and not just hurt. Uh, kind of thing, and uh, I'm, I'm sure that the, the injury occurred or the, the started to occur uh, several games before that. Look, I, you know, I, I talked about it all last year. I like Will Plummer. He's a gamer. He's a tough guy. He's gritty. I love that about Will Plummer, and uh, having a guy like that in your program is, uh, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a blessing to have somebody like him. He, I mean, he's, he's a true tough dude. And, you know, you like to have tough guys at, at the quarterback position because it's, it's not, not every day that you get a tough guy that can stand in there and is willing to be gritty and, and leave it all out on the field for a win. Um, so he gets the shoulder surgery. He should return probably September is what I'm guessing. You know, it's it's a it's going to be a pretty lengthy you know re- recovery for him, rehab for him. Um, you know, thankfully for Arizona, we do have a few quarterbacks in the quarterback room. So, uh, you know, I mean, obviously losing him is uh, you know it's detrimental to the program right now. But to get that shoulder repaired, get him healthy, get him back, and uh, you know, hopefully get him some uh, get him some reps later on in the season. He wasn't getting a whole lot of reps right now. A lot of that was due to the injury and also the influx of, of new quarterbacks, new talent in the room. Uh, and also, the, the story about Jacob Reese, freshman offensive tackle, uh, that had just come in, you know, just gotten to the program. You know, we, a lot of people were wondering why he, why he wasn't practicing, why he wasn't out there with the team. And we found out Friday that he had been diagnosed with a heart condition uh, called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And uh, it's, you know, really, you know, when you find out something like that, thankfully the Arizona doctors, when he got here from, you know, he's a young man from, from Salt Lake, uh, when he got here, the doctors immediately were able to find that there was something going on. So thankful for the doctors there at U of A, uh, able to find that this young man had some kind 
uh, of a of a heart condition. Now, from what from what I read and what I you know things that I'd heard and stuff, it's not like the end all be all. He's not completely done with football or any kind of physical activity. He's you know they they, they called it like a mild version of this condition, but still very very serious. So, um, you know, our thoughts are with him and his family as he tries to heal himself and get himself just to live, you know, a, a normal active life, let alone get back on the football field. Obviously, we would love to see him playing football again because you want to see kids do what they love, play the game of football. Um, and it, it's not about, you know, oh, we need an offensive lineman. It's not about that. It's uh, you want to see kids living their dream and, and playing the game of football. So hopefully for him, he is able to get back onto a football field at some point in time. But right now, the healing process and learning more about this condition is uh, the most important thing. All right. So I have some takeaways from the Arizona spring game, and they weren't just the takeaways, <laughs> the, the, the the interceptions that occurred in the game. One of them I was like, oh, uh, you, you really don't throw that football there in that, uh, in that situation. The other one was a playmaker making a play, Jackson Turner, and we'll talk about that next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on this Monday, April the 11th, right here on ESPN Tucson. And uh, talking about the Arizona spring game at 736 on your Tucson Monday morning the Arizona Spring game that happened on Saturday. Uh, look, first of all, I tweeted it out when I arrived because I got there at about ten o'clock in the morning. You know, two hours before. That's basically what my call time is. I need to be there before to prep and all that kind of stuff. And it, there's not a normally I'm I'm at a game three to three and a half hours before because there's a lot more prep for a regular season game. But I wanted to make sure I was there early enough to prep and talk with some people and stuff and just kind of get settled in and. On my way up to the to the state, first of all, par- parking in Cherry Garage, it, it, like I was like, oh, it shouldn't be a problem. Like, I had a hard time finding a spot. I mean, I got a spot on the first level, but I was there two hours before the game, like before fans were showing up and stuff, and it was packed already. And then walking up to the stadium out in front of the Lowell Stevens Center, there was hundreds of people congregating out there, uh, and chatting each other up and just having a good time just waiting to get into the stadium and you know watch a you know watch a scrimmage basically and there was the fan fest going on and people were involved in that and there was you know there were cornhole games and there were you know things for family and for the kids and there were a character artists and people were getting their characters drawn at 10 o'clock in the morning and oh by the way <laughs> if if you're listening right now and you were the person who dapped me up on my way in I I sincerely apologize. I do not know. Like I was so focused on, you know, getting to you know getting to my spot. I had to go get a, a wristband and stuff. And somebody already asked me about it, and I was like, ah, I, I got to get a wristband from here. So, so my apologies because I, on my way into the stadium, someone stopped me and was like, Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? And I was I, I was just like, Hey, it's good to see you, man. You know, and I, I like my brain was somewhere else, and I extremely apologize if you feel like i blew you off man i go that that because that is not that is not like you can even add like ask anybody that i work with up there i'm like i feel really bad 
somebody dapped me up and was trying to get my attention earlier, and I just, I, I just kind of like waved at him and was like, "Hey, good to see you, man. Enjoy the game." I, I'm sorry, man. I don't know who it was, uh, but I feel bad. So if you're listening right now, trust me, man. I feel bad. Reach out to me. I'll, uh, oh, get you some tickets or something. You maybe you don't need tickets. It was there early enough. I, again, I don't know who it was. Like, I was like, God, I should know who this person is. Or, you know, they obviously want to talk to me, but I was like. I have to get up to my spot. I, yeah, I hate that that indecision, you know, part where I get focused on the one thing and I'm just, you know, freight training it there and somebody stops me and I'm like, what? what? What's happening? There's actual people around. All right, so let's get into the actual game here. First of all, you know, like I said, the, the, the fan engagement was great. There was a lot of fans, a lot of ton of family there, which is, you know, you expect to see that. But a lot of fans, and the students showed up. I thought that was great. It was a great atmosphere. I, I mean, it's it was different this year than it ever has been. I mean, I've been to a lot of these things, um, and you know, I've worked the last four, and I've been to seven of the last eight of them, I guess I would say. It, very, very different vibe. Very different vibe this year, and in a positive way. On the field of play, I mean, I'm just going to go through some of my notes here in some of the things. I did not watch – I did not re-watch the game on, on Pac-12. They've been kind of re-airing it and stuff. I, ta- I saw Ted um, and Yogi in the elevator on the way out of the stadium and stuff. I was talking to them and, and just kind of getting their their thoughts on, on what they saw. And we, we basically agree um, on, on a few things. We were able to talk – we talked about T-Mac a little bit, uh, and I'll get into that in, in a moment. You know, for most fans, for most people that that follow this team, the biggest concern is going to be how this team plays in the trenches. The problem is it's impossible to determine the effectiveness of line play in a scrimmage like that because playing in the trenches requires violence in order for you to get your job done. Um, it, it requires a lot of a lot of violent play. There's hand play. There's head butting. There's it's it's <laughs> It's a brutal match. There's you know heavy collisions on every single play, you know, 88 times a game in college football. Um, and obviously you can't have that kind of play in a scrimmage. So you've got guys just kind of offensive linemen that are just kind of like, okay, well, I can't go and attack this person, so I have to just kind of take up space. And the defensive player is like, I'm gone, and they just take off. You know, So it's, it's, it's impossible to – to try to determine how effective either side of the line is because you just you can't play that type of game in a scrimmage. Uh, but I did, so th- th- some of the things that I noticed, I did like what I saw athletically from both sides of the line. Um, defensively, guys like Paris Shan, uh, Jalen Harris, obviously, he was, he's, you know, there's no question about him athletically. He is a, a beast. Um JB Brown, JB slimmed down a little bit. Like he, <laughs> I saw him after the game. I was, uh, you know, I was walking by him after the game, and I'm like, hey, he slimmed down quite a bit. He looks good. Um, but I was, I was really, I was impressed with the athleticism of the defensive line. They were able to move laterally. Um, they were able to get into space. You know, uh, you know, just moving from number to number, essentially, not sideline to sideline. You don't ask defensive linemen to do that too often. But number to number, I mean, those you know those splits are pretty wide. And uh, it, it was important to see the athleticism of that defensive line. And I thought the offensive line looked good, too. I mean, they didn't, you know, they don't look like <laughs> the guys that we saw lining up on the offensive line three, four years ago, right? They don't look like that. 
Like, thankfully, they don't look like that. So, uh, I athletically, I liked what I saw out of the guys on both sides of the line. And, you know, when, when talking about the running backs, because of the aforementioned you can't have consistent violent line play in a scrimmage, you also can't really determine the effectiveness of the running backs. They're not going to be hitting the holes with the, the speed. The holes aren't going to be there, you know, and – uh, there's, you know, max protection. They're not going to bury their helmet in someone's chest. It's, you know, you just kind of have to get in the way of someone. So you're not able to see the effectiveness of, of the running backs either. But what I did see, I, Jonah Coleman got the start. He caught a few balls out of the backfield. I liked what I saw to Jonah Coleman, a big kid. Um, like his size, he's able to maneuver in space. He's got good hands. I thought, I thought he asserted himself really well in that game. Um, and then, you know, a few of the other running backs that played, I thought they all, they all played well. Listen, you know, we all have guys that we like on the team, you know, guys that we like to watch. The running back group, I, I, they all have something different. Like, all of them ha- offer a, a, a different look, a different, uh, a different wrinkle. First of all, Michael Wiley, I hardly recognized him. He, he has filled out. He's at 204 pounds now. Uh, and before he was playing at like 180, 185, he has turned into he's got that feature back build now. I mean, he's a guy that can take a beating. You know, he can t- he can you know tote the rock twenty times and catch five passes in a, in a game. And he looked he looked good. He, I mean, physically he looked good out there. Drake Anderson didn't play in the game. Um, he is nursing uh, an injury, but I'm sure that we'll get him back at some time. He's more of your north and south sprint back, um, and I, I like him. Stevie Rocker got a few reps in the game as well. He looked good. As I mentioned, Jonah Coleman, you know, he played well. Uh, Jayshon Butler, he got a few reps in the game as well. But I will say this. Everybody has their guys that they like to watch. And like I said, I like the running back room. Jalen John, to me, is, is different. Like, that kid has got something about him. You know, he's got good size. He's 200 and. 10, 215 pounds, I, I guess. I, I just looking, you know, looking at him, but he's got some speed, like, he, and he can. He's got feet that can. He can move guys, you know, off the tackle just by moving his feet a little bit. Like, there's something special about that dude. And I noticed it last year when, you know, you could just tell when when somebody's different when you hand them the ball. Things things change. Things, you know, there's there's different results when you hand people the ball. And Jalen John to me is one of those guys. Like he, he's a difference maker. I, I like him a lot. He had a touchdown in that in the in the scrimmage uh, on Saturday. Looked pretty good out there. He dove into the end zone. You know, caught the ball in the flat. Was able to get in the end zone. And uh, I, I, I like his uh, I like his ability. I like all the running backs that we've got. In, you know, right now. Um, and most importantly, they're not putting the ball on the carpet. So that's the most important thing. Uh, let's talk about the wide receivers. I mean, this is this is going to be a topic of discussion for this team all season long, and it's a good thing because that that wide receiver room is freaking loaded, man. I mean, it is absolutely loaded. Now, the guys that, that played on Saturday, they all look good, and obviously the wide receiving core, we, we've mentioned it many times, and we knew this already, that it was going to be a strong suit for this team, but I'll tell you what, Fit, Jet Fish, Jimmy Doherty and Kevin Cummings have their work cut out for them, trying to figure out who the starters are going to be, what the rotations are going to be, and you know where the situational guys are going to be. Here's, here's the guys that actually played and were targeted and caught balls 
on Saturday. Jacob Cowing, Tataroa McMillan, Anthony Simpson, Mayjean Wright, Dorian Singer, Kevin Green Jr., Jalen Johnson, and A.J. Jones. All played, all caught a ball. All of them. A.J. Jones caught a touchdown. T-Mac caught a touchdown. Uh, Anthony Simpson made a great catch. T-Mac threw a, a ball. T-Mac uh, threw a pass to, to uh, Jordan McLeod, like a 25-yard like a pass. It was a laser. Um, <laughs> this Let's also not forget uh, Jamari Joyner is going to be rejoining the team, the offense at some point as well. Team is loaded, dude. Like this, I was I was so impressed by what I saw. Now Kevin Green, it looks like <laughs> if 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 a stiff breeze came up, he'd be carried off the field uh, with his 155 pound frame. But that kid's got some quickness, man. He was returning kicks, and you don't put just anybody back there returning kicks, like. Put a freshman back there to return kicks is uh, is is putting a lot of faith in that young man. Now I don't know if he's going to be the guy going into the season, but eh, he's got some he's got some some water bug about him, man. He has got some moves. He's got some jukeability, and he's quick. Uh, I liked what I saw out of Kevin Green. That was a that was a pleasant surprise. Jacob Cowing's going to be really good for Arizona this year. You can tell he just he's got all the. All the polish of a of a good conference leading type receiver. He just you can just tell just by looking at him, watching him play, the way he goes through his motions, the way he runs his routes. He just he's he's got it. Like he he's going to be a real thing for Arizona this year. He's going to be a problem for defenses. The other guy's going to be a problem for defenses is Tetrao McMillan. T Mac was on point Saturday. You know, you, you you hear all these things about him. I didn't get to see him play in person in you know in high school. I saw videos. I watched a ton of YouTube videos on him, and the highlight reels are great. They always are. Uh, you know, the, they don't put together highlight reels with kids dropping basses, uh, guys missing blocks. These are these are highlight reels for a reason. He was very impressive on tape. Then you see him in person, and there were moments out there on Saturday where I'm like, mm, there's 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 one person on that field that can that can guard him. There's one person that can cover him, and he's a future NFL corner. And there ain't nobody else on that field that can cover T-Mac. Like, they were holding him, grabbing him, interfering with him. They tried everything they possibly could, and he still scored on them. <laughs> he caught the, the ball that he caught out of bounds, the one that wasn't even a catch, might have been his best catch of the game. It was in the first half on the on – the, uh, the, the the near sideline to near the near sideline to me, which would be the opponent's sideline. Um the ball that was thrown out of bounds that he caught, I'm still I, I still don't know how he caught that ball, and I don't think it was caught by television either. Uh <laughs> man, the kids his catch radius and I was talking with, with uh, Ted and Yogi about this on the on the uh, elevator on, on the way out of the stadium last night or Saturday night. And we were just talking about his catch radius and Yogi was like, Man, he's like he, you get a ball near him, and he's he's gonna suck that thing in. He's just like a vacuum cleaner, and he's right. Uh, you know, anywhere near him, you know, those catch radiuses are so important. Um, you know, that was one of the things that made Calvin Johnson so different is that he had this amazing catch radius, uh, and good hands to go along with it. T Mac is is every bit, you know, like that. Um, he's got good get off. He ran good routes. He was able to be physical in the in the in the passing game. Even there was some there was some moments of physicality. He and Ciro had some battles, and I'm going to get into that coming up uh, after the break here because what I saw defensively out of Christian Roland Wallace, there was a lot of good things, and he 
you know, he had some battles with T-Mac, and these are battles that are going to continue on, uh, you know, that had, that had gone on through the spring. They were going to continue on in the fall as those two find each other on the field. Um, and it's going to make both of them even better. Uh, you know, that's that's what competition is all about, right? So we'll talk about that coming up after the break. This season, all customers are going to get $5 back for every home run hit by a pair of teams in a game in a game in which you bet $25 on a home run wager. Essentially, you pick a, a player to hit a home run on a Tuesday night Major League Baseball game, and if the player doesn't hit the home run, you're going to get paid back $5 for every home run that's hit in that game. It's called $5 Dinger Tuesdays on FanDuel Sportsbook. And the best part about it is even if your bet loses, FanDuel's going to pay you back $5 for every home run. So if, if you know, you pick somebody – it doesn't win. You throw 25 bucks on it, it doesn't win, and there's five home runs hit in the game, which can absolutely happen. I mean, the, what the Astros hit four in a game by themselves just the other night. Uh, you're going to get your money back, which is great. Um, now, obviously, this Tuesday, I'm looking at the lineup you know, of games, the schedule of games. I like that Blue Jays-Yankees game. There's tons of guys that can hit homers on both of those rosters. So take your pick. Which one of those guys do you think is going to hit the home run? And even if he doesn't hit the home run, you're going to get paid back $5 for every home run hit in that game. So let's hope the wind is blowing out, right? So what are you waiting for? Pick your home run hitter and turn big swings into big wins on America's number one sportsbook, FanDuel Sportsbook. So head on over to your FanDuel account today or download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up with my promo code DEAN, that's D-E-A-N, and get yourself access to even more great promotions this MLB and NBA postseason. 21 and over in President Arizona. Bonus issued is not in a trouble site. that expires in seven days. Max bonus $25. Restrictions apply. See full term at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. More from the Arizona Spring Game next on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Uh, real quickly, also on the offensive side of the ball, before we talk about we'll talk about quarterbacks. Uh, but the uh, the tight ends, Alex Lyons and Kean Burnett, both of them got the lion's share of the reps uh, at tight end. Both played well in the game. Uh, Kean Burnett is going to be a weapon for this team. Um there's defenses are going to have a difficult time trying to decide who they want to defend on this offense. And that's a good thing. And if the quarterback position can uh, deliver the football consistently and on time, uh, this team's going to score points this year. They are, they're going to score some points defensively. What I saw was kind of what I expected. The secondary is very good. Uh, we, we, you know, we know that, uh, we know the secondary is good. It'll be interesting to see, who emerges as the uh, essentially like the number two cornerback opposite of Christian Roland Wallace? We know that Ciro is going to be the, the you know CB one. It'll be interesting to see who CB two is. I mean, you've got you've got some good uh, you know some good candidates out there. Isaiah Rutherford, I thought he played well. You've got Traden Stooks, who is you know obviously uh, a guy who has been with the program and you know is familiar with, you know, familiar with the staff, and the staff is familiar with him. Uh, Jai Celestine, the, the freshman that came in from Florida, he played well on Saturday as, as, as well. And then there's, you know, guys like Ephesians Prysock we didn't get a chance to get a look at. Um, and, you know, some other guys on the, on the team that could emerge. So it'll be interesting to see who emerges as, as cornerback number two. 
The safeties, look, they played well. And, look, we've heard – I don't know. I shouldn't say we. I've heard um, about Jackson Turner and the strides that he made last year. He was one of the more improved players on the team from beginning of the season to the end of the season. Uh, people were telling me inside the program that they felt like he was their most improved player. Now, there are some things about Jackson that he needs to shore up. Uh, you know, I think – you know maturity level and things like that he does get into some some issues on the field he plays look he, you know he, he burns hot and you want guys to play on that edge you just got to make sure you control that and you know don't do silly things on the football field that hurt your team but i'll tell you what that kid's a playmaker everybody on the everybody in that program knows it and he showed it on saturday with that 90 yard pick six that he had uh he's a playmaker he gets things done and i'm excited to watch him play that safety position this year and that zone defense that Johnny Nansen is employing that allows this team to really read and react to what the quarterbacks are doing, they're going to create some turnovers. And they did, 25 turnovers in the spring. All right, we're going to make a uh, just a quick little two-minute turnaround here at the end of hour number two, starting off, or starting off <laughs> the ending of hour number one. Starting off hour number two, we'll start talking about the quarterback position and what I saw at the spring game. That's next and a whole lot more. Stay tuned here to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson. KWCX Tank of Verde. KMXZ HD4 Tucson.